Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Something About Sports right here on Movement Radio. I'm Talon Williams. I am Chip Hazard. I'm Roger Sierra. And tonight, ladies and gentlemen, on this edition of Something About Sports, we are going to be giving you the 10 greatest NBA players who never won a championship. Shout out to Joseph Evanhoff over at thesportsu.com for providing us with this list tonight. Now, there have been some incredible NBA players over the years who won lots of games, but unfortunately, they did not win that coveted NBA championship. In the NBA, it's all about winning a championship. Over the years, we've seen players and teams sacrifice literally everything, including their future, in order to win a championship and to win in that big moment. That couldn't be seen any better than when Kevin Durant joined the uh, the uh, Golden State Warriors back in 2016, sacrificing his reputation to win a title at that point in time in his career. However, not every player could be as lucky as that former MVP. There have been some incredible players over the years who might have been the best at their position at one point, but who never won a championship. So tonight... Once again, these are the top 10 greatest NBA players to never win an NBA title. Uh, which one of you guys want to take the first one or not? I got T-Mac. All right, go ahead. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so so if you, you don't know who T-Mac is, it's uh, Tracy McGrady. Um, so so Tracy McGrady got, got really close to an NBA championship, but he was unable to get that ring. During his career, he was a star for the Houston Rockets and the Orlando Magic. Uh, he was named a multi-time All-Star and was named to several All-NBA first and second teams. Despite all of his individual accolades, T-Mac never won a ring. In a weird twist of fate, the closest he came was after his career. Uh, so in the last year of his career, McGrady signed with the San Antonio Spurs for the postseason where they made it to the finals, but they lost to the Miami Heat. Yep. yep. Uh, that was uh, in 2013. Yeah. Yeah. I, my personal opinion, Tracy McGrady is probably the greatest Rockets player ever. Really? You would put Tracy McGrady over Steve Francis, Charles Barkley. Uh, golly, you, you, you'd even put him over James Harden right now? Oh, fuck yeah. Okay. Jay, all James Harden has is a Euro step that somewhat works and getting to the foul line. Okay. Okay. When, I, see, I see where you go. When what about when, Hakeem? Like, nah. I think McGrady was a better overall player. Hakeem, obviously mm. it, it's Hakeem, but if if you put all the pieces together, I think McGrady had all of them where Hakeem was missing like one or two little things. Uh, like like McGrady had ball handling where Hakeem didn't. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, he had a mid-range game. Yeah, but he, also, he was also a big player, though. Yeah, he was. Um, During the era where big men didn't have to dribble. Well, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> Roger, how do you feel about Tracy McGrady overall? I love T Mac. Um, who can forget the what is it? Twelve shots in nine seconds, the twelve points in nine seconds game. Yeah, was that was that T Mac or was that Reggie Miller? 
Team idea for the Rockets. I can't remember if it was twelve or not. Let me double check that. Yeah, double check that real quick. Because because uh, because uh, uh, Reggie Miller did the same thing to the New York Knicks. Uh, uh, I can't remember if it was a playoff game or not, but it was when like uh, he looked at Spike Lee and made the choking motion. To oh, him. it was thirteen seconds. It was thirteen points in the last thirty-three seconds of the game. Two thousand four, December 9th against the uh, Spurs. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, T Mac was man. Yeah, T Mac. Yeah, T Mac was probably one of the most popular players around that time, man. In in, in the early this, this was like obviously pre LeBron James because LeBron James came in the league in uh, two thousand and three. Uh, uh, you know, he started his career in uh in uh, nineteen ninety seven when he was drafted from the, for the Toronto Raptors. Uh, uh, him and Vince Carter. I, I'll never forget him and Vince Carter coming coming down to them two in the dunk contest that year. Uh, I think it was the ninety nine the ninety nine two thousand dunk contest. Uh, yeah, but uh, but yeah, man, T Mac was always good. Seven time NBA All Star, two time NBA uh, All NBA first team, three time All NBA second team, two time All NBA third team, two time NBA scoring champion in two thousand three and two thousand and four, uh, most improved player in two thousand and one. Um, he was Mr. Basketball USA in 1997. Uh, he was a McDonald's All-American. Um, in his career, averaging eight or averaging 19.6 points for his whole career at 18,381 points, uh, 5.6 rebounds uh, for a career, 4.4 assists for a career, and he is in the Basketball Hall of Fame. He also won a uh, a, a FIBA Americans Championship in uh, 2003. So yeah, he's definitely got a whole lot of credentials to his credit. Um, unfortunately, man, he, he never got, he never got the opportunity to have what he got the opportunity to have the ring, um, in 2013. Um, but that's when it was, uh, uh, yeah, it was, that was, uh, the heat second title with LeBron, I believe is 2013. Yeah. 2013 was the second title with LeBron. Um, so yeah, but yeah, man, T T Mac's up there is probably yeah, I would say he's probably up there is probably one of the most more more popular players around that time. And even still to this, I mean, he does good job. It was he uh, with the TNT, uh, TNT now, or is he with ESPN? I can't remember. Easy ESPN. There we go. Yeah, he started it started there in July of 2014. Um, so yeah, yeah, T Mac's great, man. Yeah, I'll yeah, I was always a fan of T Mac. Um. And he even after the heat, because remember people remember him from being Toronto. Then he had a, that run in Orlando, uh, Houston. I think yeah, Houston was that his longest stint. Yeah, that was his longest stint from two thousand four to two thousand ten. Yeah, most um, people are going to remember him from his Houston days. Yeah, see, see I remember him because I started watching him when he was in Toronto, um, and then he went to Orlando, and I'm like, uh, you going to Orlando? It's not. But at the time, Orlando, you know. Because Shaq left L.A., left for L.A. in, what was it, 99, 98, something like that? I can't remember off the top, off the top of my head exactly when he left, but he kind of became yeah. the focal point of the magic, uh, you know. And I've heard so many people say, oh, he's just wasting his career in Orlando. He needs to get out, and you know. Um, but, yeah, man, he did a damn good job with Houston. Um, but, yeah, but that's T-Mac. Uh, let's move on to the very next one on the list. You want this one, Rod? You want me to take it? Um, no, you can have it. All right. The next one on the list is the aforementioned Vince 
Carter. Uh, Vince Carter had a tale of two careers, if you would, if you would. Uh, in his prime, he was a force to be reckoned with that was nearly impossible to stop, and he was named an eight-time All-Star. The second half of his career saw him lose his athleticism, but make up for it with his court uh, IQ and his leadership qualities. The second part saw him stay in the league for over twenty seasons, despite his lengthy career. He never won a ring, nor even made an NBA Finals, for that matter. Um, what do you guys think of Vince Carter? I mean, I like Vince Carter. I, I think he's... Uh, there are tiers of players, uh, I, and I think he's great, but I don't think he's in that upper echelon of great. He was definitely a journeyman, man. He played for eight different teams uh, in his career, uh, obviously being drafted uh, with the fifth pick overall in 1998, uh, which he was originally selected by the Golden State Warriors, uh, but then immediately traded to Toronto. Um, And he played with uh, the Raptors. He played with the Nets, the Magic, the Suns, the Mavericks, the Grizzlies, the Kings, and then he finished his career in 2020 with the Atlanta Hawks. yeah, eight-time NBA All-Star, um, 2001 second-team All-NBA, 2013 All-NBA. He was the NBA Rookie of the Year in 1999, uh, dunk con- uh, slam dunk contest winner in 2000, um, also a McDonald's All-American, averaging 16.7 points for his career, uh, 4.3 rebounds, three, yeah, 4.3 rebounds, 3.1 assists, and uh, he is a uh, he is a gold medal winner in the 2000 Sydney Olympics, um, also a FIBA uh, 2003 FIBA uh, championship winner as well. Um, Raj, how do you feel about Vince Carter? He's exciting to watch. Yeah. Was he exciting to watch more because of his dunking ability? It's more so the early part of his uh, early part of his career. I mean, it was, and then later on in his career, just how smart he was. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was really good. He never got enough credit for the, for his for his defense, though. I mean, because people tend tend to forget that he was um, an all defensive uh, team when he was in the AS. I mean, I mean, he played at North Carolina under uh, under uh, who coach coach North Carolina? Y'all help me out. Was it Wood? Mike? What? No, I I don't know. Coach Wood. Kyle know, Perry. Coach, no, wasn't Kyle Perry. Uh. No, the current coach is uh, Herbert Davis, but no, that's not what I'm trying to think. Of. It'll come to me. Um, yeah, it'll come to me. Uh, not it wasn't Dean Smith. It was uh, Roy Williams. That's who it was. Roy Williams. Um, yeah, because those t- those t- that that North Carolina uh, Duke rivalry in the in the in the two thousands was great. Even in the even in the in the nineties, it was it was crazy when Dean Smith was still there. But uh, but yeah, yeah. I think I think Vince Carter. I mean, I, I think he had if he had gone to a better situation. Obviously, I mean, anybody going to a better situation would probably win that title. It just sucks he never won a championship because he was a really good player. Um, that being said, let's move on to the very next one on the list. Raj, I believe it's you. All right. So next on the list is Reggie Miller. And Reggie Miller was an absolute force in his heyday as a member of the Indiana Pacers. He was named to the All-Star Team 10 times, even a Hall of Famer today. 
for his accomplishment during his time in the league. Sadly, the one accomplishment he's missing is a ring. Uh, Miller came close in 2000 as he made the NBA Finals. However, standing in the way of his sole ring were Kobe and Shaq, and they defeated those Pacers in six games, even though they shouldn't have won that sixth game. They shouldn't. The Finals was bullshit. I still believe the Lakers. I mean, the Lakers were a good team, but at that time too, they they shouldn't even been there in the finals. It should have been. been It should have been the Kings. Thank you. Yes, it should have been the Sacramento Kings. They were a way better team, but you know, you gotta have ratings. Yeah. What was it? Ratings or was it Tim Donahue? Tim Donahue. No, no, that was that's different. That was later on. Never mind. I mean, Tim Donahue was the ref during the Kings game, but it's also, I mean, you gotta have the ratings. That's true. The Lakers were Lakers were the popular team. That is true. That is true. But yeah, you gotta man. follow the script. <laughs> I don't know about that one. That being said, though, but yes, you know Reggie Miller. You know he played only with the Pacers from '87 to 2005, so he was a lifer. Uh, five-time NBA All Star, three-time All Third Team, and yeah, a part of the 50-40-90 club. For those who don't know what the 50-40-90 club is, someone that shoots fifty uh, percent field goal percentage, 40%, three-point percentage, and 90% field, uh, free throw percentage. Three-point percentage for 40, I'm sorry. Uh, he was a part of the NBA 75th uh, anniversary team. Um, he ends his career 18.2 points a game and three rebounds and three assists for per career. Hall of Famer, obviously. Uh, he was also part of that 96 Atlanta team that won gold in the Olympics. Um, so, yeah. Uh, he he did uh, score eight points in nine seconds in the uh, in the game one of the Eastern Conference semifinals against the Knicks when the Pacers did, did beat them one hundred seven to one hundred five. Um, Chip, how do you feel about Reggie Miller? I mean, Reggie Miller was probably one of the mo- more premier three point shooters of his era. Mm-hmm. Uh, back when they weren't really like people were shooting threes, but it wasn't like you see nowadays, like you really had to have a shit ton of skill to shoot a three back then. Um, because the, the, the defense was in my opinion was a little tougher because they could be more handsy. Um, it wasn't so easy to get a, a foul call back then, but, uh, I, I definitely think he was one of the more premier, three-point shooters uh of his day and you know uh what probably i still think bird's the the greatest ever then steph and then maybe reggie after that yeah i mean reggie's definitely in the top three yeah if we're talking just like three-point uh three-point shots, I think Reggie has the third-best three-point game in the NBA ever. Uh, yeah, his uh, his to- his career total for three-point percentage is at uh, 39.5% th- uh, from, from three. Yeah, but he came into the league when? Uh, 19, let me go back up here and look. Uh, 1987, I yeah, 87. And, and, and they didn't really start, yeah, but, and they really didn't start, like, uh, keeping up with the analytics for three-point shots until 99, 2000? 
No, it was earlier than that. It was, it was no way earlier than that. Are you sure? I don't think it was. For keeping up with those stats for what three pointers? Yeah, I don't think it was. Maybe, I mean, maybe ninety-seven at the earliest. I think. Well, let me scroll through here and look real quick. Now they did it. They've extended the three-point line back in two thousand and eight. They extended it to fifty. Uh, they extended it back to twenty-two and twenty-two feet two inches. Um, it say okay. Let me look back here. Um, Nineteen seventy-nine. They started they implementing the three. Yeah, they started keeping they didn't adopt the three pointer until nineteen seventy nine where Magic Johnson and Larry Bird's rookie season. Wow. I didn't think yeah. it was that early. That was like they're super early because that's why Bird had so many points early on. Yeah. Um ironically you say the average three point goals per game was it from nineteen seventy nine to nineteen eighty was zero point eight. And in the year twenty twenty one to twenty twenty two is twelve point four. Those are the average uh attempts made uh, per game uh, or uh, the average attempts per game uh, throughout the effectiveness is 35% uh, today other back although back in uh, the 19, 19 early, late 70s early 80s the, the effectiveness was only 29% effective okay so he's he's higher than the effective rate of today by what you said. Yeah. Oh yeah, he is. Yeah. The highest it's ever been was in the year 2009, 2010 and 2019-2020 at 36%. So yeah, Reggie Miller his three-point percentage uh was always really good. His best three-point percentage season was 97-98 where he shot uh 42.9% uh made free throws. So like, uh, he was just beasting, dude, you know, and just think if he had the luxury of today's players with free range to shoot the three, how much more deadly he could have been. You know what I mean? I mean, the same thing could be said about other, other players too. Exactly. Like, you know, how how much more deadly would a bird, would a Larry bird would have been. (laughs) So, well, I mean, Larry Bird was deadly to begin with anyway, but he'll, I mean, I couldn't imagine Larry Bird be, he would have been in the GOAT debate if that was the case. He still um, is. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, if we're comparing, I mean, you always say comparing eras. I mean, you're going to pick, let's, okay, if we're going eras, you got Larry Bird, you got Magic Johnson, game of your life, who are you picking? Larry Bird. I, I, I see, see, I'm different. I'd pick Magic. No, Larry Bird all day long. Okay. I ain't going to argue with you. We agree to disagree on that. Um, All right, Chip. So next on the list. Yep. (laughs) All right. Next up is uh, Patrick Ewing. Uh, Patrick Ewing is one of the most accomplished players ever. As a member of the New York Knicks for most of his career, he was an 11-time All-Star, was named to several NBA All-NBA teams, and even made the Hall of Fame. However, Ewing's biggest issue was timing. While he was in his prime, so was Michael Jordan. He couldn't get past the Bulls as a result. 
And the closest that Patrick Ewing ever came to winning a ring was in 1994 when Michael Jordan mysteriously left to go play baseball. Uh, however, the Knicks lost in the NBA finals to the Houston Rockets. Yeah, that's the, yeah, that's the closest he got. Which everyone believed he was going to be a lifer in New York because he was there from '85 to 2000, uh, and then he played uh, one year with Seattle and then one year with uh, the Magic, and then he got out and then he ended up going into the coaching uh, uh, coaching uh, stratosphere. He was an assistant with the Wizards, uh, the Rockets, the Magic, the Bobcats slash Hornets. And now he's the current head coach of Georgetown Warriors, which is his alma mater. Um, Raj, how are you feeling about Patrick Ewing? Well, being uh, a New Yorker, we went through a lot of struggles. But I blame, <laughs> I, I blame John Starks mostly. But I mean, I mean, Patrick Ewing was probably he was he was ahead of his time because he was a three point shooting, he was a shooting uh, center. Back in the day, before, like I said, before big guys even handled the ball, he was able to stretch the court out. But I mean, overall, he was a really great player. Just unfortunately, played in the the Jordan era. Yeah, but it, but it's not like he didn't have any. Uh, it wasn't like he was a slouch or anything like that. I mean, a lot of people, you know, and like what the blurb say, he's eleven an eleven time All Star, All NBA first team, six times second teams, three times All NBA defensive team. He was Rookie of the Year in nineteen eighty six. Um, he was on the all-rookie team. He was on the 50th and the 75th NBA anniversary teams. He was also an NCAA champion as well. People tend to forget about that. He did win an NCAA championship um, with, Georgetown. with Georgetown, right. Uh, he was also the uh, the most outstanding player in the Final Four for 1984 as well. Um, he is obviously in the, uh, uh, the Basketball Hall of Fame, and he was a part of both the 19... 19- 84 Los Angeles uh, Olympic uh, Games and the 92 Dream Team uh, uh, of the U.S. US men's team that won gold as well. So, uh, you know, 21 points a game for his career, 9.8 rebounds, 2.4 assists, or 2.4 blocks, I'm sorry. Um, you know, so he, he definitely is one of the most – I think I think he's a top – in terms of like overall, because he they said he was on the seventy fifth anniversary team, um, which which means they they take seventy five players from the history of the game, and they you know rank, not not only say necessarily rank them, but they pick them for that certain spot. I definitely think Patrick Ewing's up there in terms of you know, I won't say goat discussion, but he's definitely up there. If just for for, the, for, for argument's sake, if. Jordan wasn't as efficient as he was. You think Patrick Ewing would have probably gotten that championship in New York? Maybe. I mean, there were other good teams during that era. I mean, there was a lot of great players and great teams at the time. Can't really say because, I mean, you still have to deal with uh, the 76ers. Um, You still have to deal with the Suns. Yep. Uh, Suns, Utah, and Rockets were still a force, and right. I mean the Lakers were always a team to watch out for. Yeah. So, but Boston wasn't bad. wasn't that bad around that time. What it was the early two thousand? Early two thousands? Yeah, well, yeah, they were. Oh, they were. Okay. Yeah. 
when did wait, when did Paul Pierce get there? He got there in like two thousand four, two thousand five, maybe. Okay, I just want to say two thousand five. Yeah, but okay, so that may have been the turning point. And it you still know. wasn't even a turning point. Him becoming well, I mean, a turning yeah, I mean, point, I mean, he got KG and Allen Iverson. I mean, Allen, Ray Allen. Ray Allen, yeah. What was that, 2009 or 2008? Uh, 2007, 2008, maybe. I think it was 2008 because, two, you know? Yeah, 2007, yeah, 2008 because the Spurs won in 2007. That was uh, LeBron's first finals appearance where the Spurs just swept the Cleveland Cavaliers off the floor. Um but moving on from Patrick Ewan, we're moving to the very next one on the list. Steve Nash. The story of Steve Nash is that he was so good, he didn't come through at the right moment. He was a two-time MVP. He really should have been a one-time MVP, but that's a different discussion. Named to several all-star teams and had the Phoenix Suns as the favorites to win the NBA Finals on many occasions. Despite that, Nash couldn't even get to the finals. While he hoped to win a ring for the Los Angeles Lakers at the end of his career as part of that failed super team, they couldn't make it past the opening round of the playoffs. So, how do you guys feel overall about Steve Nash? Um, One of the best point guards around, very smart IQ, very mm-hmm. clutch when he needed to be, it's set playoff time. Yeah. Um, I mean, kind of. Uh, I almost like James Harden. If if we're gonna compare him to somebody, uh, I was gonna I was gonna go there, uh, but I didn't want to. No, I would not disrespect Steve Nash like that. Well, he, he, just in the fact that he he was clutch during the regular season and like there there's a difference though. Steve Nash was actually a team player. No, no, I'll give you that. A hundred percent, I'll give you that. But just for the the coming up clutch and then pissing it away in the finals, I also believe that James Harden had way better teammates and teams than Steve Nash ever did. Oh yeah, J- James Harden should have. I would say probably on two separate occasions with the Rockets should have. He's won. too selfish, though. That's his biggest issue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which I mean, Steve Nash did have. Did, he was he he did play with some good players uh, when he was in Phoenix. He had he had Amari Stoudemire. He had uh uh, God, what was his name? His nickname was the Matrix. I can't think of Mar uh, Marion Marion something or something mm. Marion. I can't remember off the top of my Sean head. Sean Marion. Sean Marion. Thank you. Thank you. The dude that uh, shot from his chest. I mean, <laughs> he made a shot from his chest, but he made it. Uh, you know, but yeah, he had some good pieces around him, especially Mark Stoudemire, but you know, but you, people tend to forget, people tend to forget that Mike D'Antoni was their head coach. Mike D'Antoni, a man who is brilliant on offense, can't coach defense to save his life. That's why from that period of time, from 1996 to 1998, when Mike D'Antoni coached the team, he literally gave up the, that team literally was in the top five of most points allowed over the course of his tenure in Phoenix because it was very, very high up-tempo offense, which is good on the fast break. But then it's like – They play seven-second offense. Yeah, that seven-second offense is okay if you're playing small ball or you're playing – 
you know, if if you have a little bit of a lead or you need to make a quick comeback, but you know, the defense just was not there. It's like, it's like Mike D'Antoni never made it a priority. Now that's where I will give Steve Nash credit is that he did, you know, play good defense. You know, he was a good defensive uh, player when he needed to be, but like what you guys said in the playoffs, you know, he came up short and I will say this to this day. I'm sorry. He stole an MVP from uh, Shaquille O'Neal. I, I, I think, can't remember I think was, he sold both of them, to be honest. No, I think, well, the argument can be made that he stole the one in, in 2006 from Kobe. Uh, the argument can be made that he stole one from Kobe and he stole one from Shaq. Um, but, you know, I mean. 2006? Was it 2006 or was it 2005? Because his, 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 he was back-to-back MVP. Um. I want to say that was oh five oh six oh four oh five oh five oh six. Yeah, that would have been Shaq. That'd have been Shaq. Yeah, both of them. You think Shaq would have won both? You didn't think Kobe had a, had a had a oh two thousand six two thousand six was definitely Shaq because he helped lead the Heat to that championship where Dwayne Wade blossomed and two thousand four two thousand five Shaq averaged twenty three points, ten rebounds, and two point seven assists in seventy three games. That's okay. No, no, I, I get what you're saying. But 2006, he definitely stole it from Shaq. Yeah, right. Shaq still averaged 10 points, uh, 20 points, I mean, nine rebounds and 1.9 assists in 59 games. He was injured pretty well, but he still dominated that much in 59 games and won a championship. You think that's probably the reason why his, his, you think his injury probably made people think, eh, we'll give it to Nash. No, I think it was just them wanting to give it to Nash to give it to Nash. Yeah, maybe so. I mean, but but like we said, you know, he ain't no slouch. You know, he's got, um, you know, he, uh, you know, like we said, eight-time All-Star, you know, part of the NBA 75th anniversary team. He's a, uh, in, he's a, he is a basketball Hall of Famer. Um, he, uh, you know, and then he went into coaching. He ended up being put in a very precarious situation with the new, with the Brooklyn Nets, uh, only, you know, lasting three years as the head coach there. So being the <laughs> scapegoat for that piss poor team, he, dude, he was a scapegoat, man. He was, I don't know if he'll ever get another coach. I mean, he might get a coaching job maybe as an assistant or something, but I don't know if he'll get another head coaching job unless the team is like really desperate to say, Hey, you know, Steve Nash didn't get, didn't really get a, a good break in Brooklyn. Let's try him over here, which, I don't know about that. We'll certainly see. All right. Well, um, next on the list is John Stockton at number five. And mm-hmm. Stockton was a fourth on both sides of the ball for most of his career with the Utah Jazz. He was named an all-star on 10 occasions, as well as being a multiple-time all-NBA selection and all-defense selection. However, despite his defense abilities, he couldn't win a ring for the Jazz. And it wasn't for a lack of trying as the team got close to winning the finals in 97-98, but they were able to get the job done against the Chicago Bulls, a.k.a. Michael Jordan, in the push-off. That was a push-off, wasn't it? I said what I said. I, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you. <laughs> you talking about that short I uh, uploaded? Yes, yeah. sir. You know exactly yes. what I was talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Yes, yes. That push is. off, bro. I do. I'm not disagreeing with you, bro. I get. I agree. Oh, I've, always, I've always, I've always thought it was a push off because he literally puts his hand on the hip and pushes off of him. Yep. Yeah. Um, I agree. 
but but, but Jordan like, gets away with what Jordan gets away with. Of course, it's, it's the same for for any of the 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 superstars for James Harden. Not James. James Harden no. is definitely a massive push on artist. Well, yeah. that and he's also like he will draw fouls when nobody ever touched him. Uh, yeah. But Kobe did it as well. Like the the so people, he emulated Jordan, right? You uh, got to do well, what he, what Jordan did. So you got to push off when you got to push off. Yeah. Shit, Manu Manu Ginobili was the worst. Bro, don't you ever disrespect Manu like that? No, 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 no. I love Manu, but he was the but he flopped more than anybody else I've ever seen. Uh, Shane Battier. We don't talk about Shane Battier. <laughs> okay, Mike Miller. Why do you hate Mike Miller? Good fuck him. Why He's the Luke Walton of the Heat. He's the Luke Walton of the Heat. He scored 27 points in a game six when everyone thought he was going to fucking die. I mean, come on. In in a game. No. Everybody in, can have a in, game. In. But he had a game when he needed to have a game. That's all I'm saying. So did Luke Walton. <laughs> anyway, I think John Stockton falls into that <laughs> same category as Patrick Ewing. He unfortunately uh was was playing in the the Michael Jordan prime era um i would almost be willing to to say that the utah jazz would have two two minimum three possible rings i don't know man i don't know the this uh, team because I mean, if I mean, Jordan that's what I'm saying. They still would have probably had to face the Knicks and '98 Young Shaq. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Two, Orlando, possibly yeah. three, because Young Shaq and Penny was a great yeah. force. Yeah, until Penny started getting hurt and Shaq yeah. wanted more money. Well, yeah. Let's not also forget though that Stockton also had Carl Malone too, like another you know big man that never. Won a championship the old, either. The oldest MVP. <laughs> the old, yeah, the old the old MVP, right? But you know, but not taking anything away from John Stockton, man, ten time NBA All Star. He was the All Star MVP in '93. Uh, two time first team, uh, six time second team, assist three time leader. third team, uh, nine time assist leader, two time steals leader. I mean, he's the all time um, assist leader, isn't he? All yeah, I believe he is. Yeah, I believe I believe he is the all time assist leader. Um, Did didn't LeBron just surpass that? Or is no, he's he supposed no. all-time points. I knew yeah. that, but I mean, he's, I think he, LeBron's he, like fourth all-time in assists. Play for almost right thirty years, you you're gonna break <laughs> records. It's only in his twenty-second year. Uh, Chris Paul is actually no. Jason Kidd's in second place. Chris Paul's in third. LeBron's in fourth. LeBron's still five thousand behind John Stockton. Um, Chris Paul would have to still do four thousand. Four hundred and sixty-five assists to pass John Stockton. Yeah, yeah I don't, I don't see Chris Paul playing playing long enough to make that happen. But I mean, the thing is, John Stockton averaged like forty-five assists a game. So, yeah, uh, he has oh. fifteen thousand eight hundred and six total assists for his career, averaging ten point five assists. Over a, over a career, um, and he was also once again a part of the '92 Dream Team um, that won in Barcelona. So that 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 Dream Team was just amazing. 
you go back and you look at all the the great players from that team, you know. Uh, Hold on, what the fuck? This doesn't make sense. These stats don't sense? go far enough. I'm looking at the stats, but they don't go far enough. They only go back. The earliest it starts on the NBA.com is 1996 when he started playing in uh, 84. The fuck's going on here, NBA.com? Uh, I'm on NBA.com and it's got it's got his statistics statistics his statistics going all the way to to uh, 1984. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. He had. I'm trying to look at it and see if I. Can no, mine legitimately goes back to 96, 97 season. Okay. On NBA.com stats, players 304. He shot 75%. Oh, he didn't have that many attempts, though. No, he didn't have to. No, the yeah. ball was facilita- facilitated through him. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about being a facilitator. I'm talking about his three-point percentage in 1988. I just say I seen the number 75%, and I thought, how many did he attempt? Okay, that, that's the reason. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, All while, right. You are, while you guys are looking at that, I'm going to move on to number four on the list. Go ahead. Uh, Allen Iverson. Uh, So Allen Iverson is one of the greatest offensive players that the league has ever seen. Uh, In his prime, he was unstoppable and could do all or could do it all on that side of the ball. He was a multi-time all-star named an MVP in 2001 and is a Hall of Famer today. Sadly for Iverson, basketball is a team sport, and most of his career with the 76ers, he had a lackluster squad around him, to put it lightly. Uh, The one time they made the finals in 2001, they ran into Kobe Bryant and Shaq of the Lakers, who dispatched dispatched them in five games. Um, I mean, yeah, uh, Allen Iverson was doing things uh, I mean, he was breaking people's ankles left and right when, yep. <laughs> and I mean, making it look easy too. Uh, <coughs> Excuse me. Like, I, I, yeah, Iverson is, he's just <clears throat> that dude. Um, he was, man. You know, what was his nickname? The answer? He was, Yeah, he was the answer. Although if you listen to some analysts out there, they call they they gave him all, they also gave him the uh, the unfortunate nickname of me myself and Iverson because many people believe that he just wasn't a team player. He um, didn't have a fucking team around him. <laughs> why why are you getting upset with me? I'm only making a statement. I, I, I'm not getting upset <laughs> with you. I'm just <clears throat> in general, he didn't <clears throat> have a fucking team around him. So. I, yeah, it's got to be me, myself, and Iverson because fucking what nobody else doing shit. I'm looking at the 2000 to 2001 roster of of the Philadelphia 76ers that made it to the finals again. Should have Elton Brand, but Elton Brand was too small to hang. Was no, he, no, no. This this was his team. Y'all tell me if y'all know any of these guys, okay? Rajah Bell. Yep. The Rodney, Rodney Buford. Guard, yeah. yeah, he was shooting guard. Rodney Buford. Yeah. Speedy Claxton. Nope. Matt Geiger. Nope. Tyrone Hill. Yep. Jermaine Jones. Yep. George Lynch. Nope. Todd McClutchin. Yep. Aaron McKee. Yep. Roshan McLeod. Yeah. Dikembe Mutombo. We know Mukembe. 
Never heard of him. Shut up. Kevin Ollie. Nope. Yeah, Pepe but in, Sanchez. Hold on, time out. In two thousand one, uh, Matamba was, was super old. Yeah, super, old, super old. old. Yeah. yeah, and he was yeah. not banging with Shaq at that time. No, what the hell? It was two thousand. Who was banging with Shaq at that time? The rim. <laughs> and last but not least, Eric Snow. Yeah, yeah. They drafted Eric Snow. A lot of those guys they actually drafted. Well, a few, I say a lot, uh, about four of those guys were actually drafted by them. The rest they traded their teams, uh, most of their players right. for. Yeah. Well, Chip asked who was on, you know, who was around him. In but no, players. none of those guys were star caliber players. No, they were all. They are all rotational players. Yeah, they were yeah. all. I'm pretty sure a lot of those guys actually went to other teams and won a championship as a rotational player with the other teams. Oh, yeah. Right, like the, the only yeah, other the unsung heroes, yeah. The only other person on that squad that had is any kind of name value, in my opinion, is Takembe Mutombo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not to say that the other people, the other players, are like hot garbage, but they just—it's it, not the same. Right. No, I agree. I agree. Very rarely does a team of misfits, you know, come together and win a championship. It's very rare that it happens. Unless your name's the Pistons. Um, unless your name, I was fixing to bring that up. Unless you're the Pistons. Um, yep. But, uh, but, uh, but yeah, man, I, I think everybody at one point or another was like, yeah, man, AI's the man. You know, every, I, I think I, I know about five or six people off the top of my head who said that. Allen Iverson was their favorite player, you know, which he, he was good for the game, man, you know, which I think, I think in the mainstream, I think a whole lot of people just remember Allen Iverson for some of his antics, especially the whole, we talking about practice, not a game, but we talking about practice, which we got to remember who his coach was. His coach was, uh, his coach was, uh, uh, Larry O'Brien. Uh, I mean, no, no, it was not Larry not, not Larry, not Larry O'Brien. I'm sorry. Uh, Fuck, who was this coach? Larry uh, Brown. Larry Brown. That's what I'm trying to think. I don't know why I Larry Brown. The whole practice speech was right after his teammate, uh, one of his best childhood friends had been killed, and they asked him why he didn't go to practice. Right. Right. But that's what there was. All. People don't know the backstory behind that, so automatically they just think, oh, Alan Iverson's, you know, it's like, okay, know the story before you, you know, say shit. You know what I'm saying? Um did you guys ever watch the documentary that they did, No Crossover, The Trial of Allen Iverson? Yep. I watched everything about Allen Iverson pretty much. Yeah. That was a good documentary. For those, go out there, man. If you guys ever, uh, anybody listen to this, go watch the ESPN 30 for 30 documentary, No Crossover, The Trial of Allen Iverson. It's really, really good. Um, There's also a great channel on YouTube. Um, shit. I just had it pulled up. Called uh, Movement Radio. Well, yeah, yes, but if they're that. obviously they're listening to us, they obviously subscribe to us. <laughs> yeah. If they're not, if they're they, a bunch if of they, cunts, then I'll shit not, in their beds. Yeah, but I was fixing to say, yeah, go ahead, Raj. And I also drag my nuts across all their uh, faucet handles. So they're always touching my nuts. Why Damn. are you always so violent? How's that violent? You're going to shit in someone's bed, you're going to call them a cunt, and then you're going to rub your ball sack. How's that violent at all? There's no violence there. It will lead to violence. I'm telling you, someone's going to be like, why the fuck would you do this? No, that's why I was, you don't subscribe. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay, I can't fuck with you right now. Oh, Lord. Well, if you can't fuck with me right now, move on to the next. Yeah, I, I am. 
Next one on but the, the list. But the channel I was going to say was is Joseph Vincent. He just came out with a 46-minute Allen Iverson career documentary. It's fucking amazing. Awesome. He come. He does awesome sports documentaries on YouTube. So the next one that we're going to talk about on tonight's list is our good buddy Charles Barkley. Now, Charles Barkley's career is missing only really one thing. And that's a, a ring on his finger. Well, that oh. too. But a ring on his finger. In his career, he won an MVP, was named to multiple All-Star uh, teams, and made the Hall of Fame. Sadly, he just couldn't get the big one. Barkley tried, but it just didn't come to fruition. The closest he came uh, to winning a championship was in 1993, the same year he won the MVP. However, the Barkley-led Phoenix Suns, Ran into the Michael Jordan-led Chicago Bulls, who defeated them in six games. I'm starting to see a bit of a trend with some of these players on this list. They well, all yeah. played in the Jordan era. Um, I mean, but yeah, man, Charles Barkley. I mean, he he was no slash man. He, like I said, 1993 MVP, 11-time uh, All Star, All Star MVP in '91, five-time First Team All NBA, uh, five-time Second Team, one-time Third Team. He was on the All Rookie Team. He was a rebound leader in '88, um, part of the fifth, part of the 50th and 75th anniversary teams. Um, he was a Golden Corral Buffet champion. He was a Golden Corral Buffet champion. Uh, Man, why uh, you make fun of Chuck like that? Fuck fat ass Chuck. Man, that's terrible. Uh, what the fuck you doing, Roger? What the fuck, Roger? Um, I like Charles Barkley. Yeah. Uh, averaging 22.1 uh, points for his career, 11 rebounds, three assists. Um, Obviously, you know, Pro Basketball Hall of Famer, also part of the 92 Dream Team um, and the 96 team in Atlanta that won the gold. Um, overall, how'd you got, how'd you, what do you guys think about Charles Barkley? Oh, you already know what I just said, so. Yeah, yeah, you want, you want <laughs> a shit in his bed, I know. All right. I mean, he's not subscribed to our YouTube channel, so he can get he, 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 he might be, you never know. No, no, he's not. <laughs> I think his uh, I think his TNT gig is probably taking up a lot of his free time, um, but now nah, for real, what do y'all think of uh, what you what you think of uh, Charles Barkley as a player, Chip? Uh, I mean, he was probably between him and um, Steve Nash. They were probably two of the most prominent Suns players. Um, they, I mean. Obviously, they led the uh, the team to the finals. Uh, and they were always in playoff contention. Uh, I mean, I just think they they made a good team. Um, but but you've seen like what happened to Barkley when he left the Suns. He just wasn't good because he got fat, and yeah, lazy. Yeah. You know, and then I mean that Suns team in ninety six, ninety seven. You know, I mean, yeah, I mean he he tried his damnedest to you know to you know get to where he's going. Um, but I think nowadays people more associate Charles Barkley now with the TV analyst and uh, some controversial things that he could say, what he says about current in, uh, current NBA players and things of that nature. Um, I was actually just reading something that he said about load management, and I thought it was pretty funny. Go ahead, read it. Uh, he basically said that uh, load load management is bullshit. These players today get paid, you know, seventy plus million dollars to play basketball, and you got steel mill workers who 
I, I bet they're tired too, but they don't take a day off. So why in the hell do you get to take a day off? So so what Chuck should do is fucking pay those steel mill workers and his goddamn self. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Fat piece of shit. <laughs> he had to do load management. He's at the 76 just to go fuck him. He was too injured all the time. They did tons of load management with his fat ass. <laughs> I mean, where's no that gun it. sound effect? Where's that gun sound effect that they got on the other show? I'm gonna see if I can <laughs> see. Roger be shooting off over here. No, it, it is it's so stupid that a lot of them talk about load management. Guess what? Greg Popovich instilled the load management and had a fucking dynasty. So yep. get mm-hmm. the fuck off load management's ass. I think. See, for for me. I I feel like if you're going to load manage, if you are going to load manage, do it for home games. Cause those no, play- no, don't do it for no, home no, games. No, 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 let me, can I, can I, can I, can I make my case for the home game? More than likely, if you sit at a home game, the, the players, the, the fans of your, of your team that come to your arena to see you play, they've already seen you play, you know, a couple of times, you know, but if you like, okay, perfect example, let's say, the, the people of L.A., they've seen LeBron play. They know LeBron's, you know, going to do his thing. And they ever, most everyone's seen LeBron do his thing at Staples or the Crypt, as it's called now. But let's say they got to travel. Let's say they have to go up to Portland or they got to travel down to Dallas or something, right? And, you know, maybe there's some kid who comes and is like, man, you know, I, you know, maybe he's not. A, maybe he's not a big Mavericks fan, but he likes LeBron James. LeBron James is coming to Dallas to play the Mavericks. Let's go watch him, Daddy. Yeah, that's cool. Let's go. Oh, LeBron's not playing tonight because of load management. You know, and it's like ah, well, I guess the kid don't get to see. You know, which I think that's where a lot of the the analysts talk about, where it's like you know, people pay their hard earned money to come, you know, and watch you play because yes, you are an athlete. Yes, you are a sports star, but people look at you you know, for, for good, bad, or indifferent, they look at you, they look at you as a role model or someone to look up to in a sense. So it's kind of like they want to see their heroes actually do what they do. You know what I mean? And that's just one way of looking at it. And I get what you're saying, injury, time to rest, you know, stuff like that. If it's like warranted, absolutely, you know, do that. Um, you know, so I, here, I, guess, I, guess you, I guess you can look at it either way. You know, So I, here's not, my case for why you should rest on the away games. How okay. much money do you make traveling to another stadium? I mean, I'm pretty sure most of the travel expenses are compensated by the team. So they don't make money. Elaborate, because I'm, I'm. What do you mean elaborate? If the Lakers go play, if if Portland, if they go to Portland to play in Portland, Portland makes the money. The only, the only money that the Lakers would make would be merchandise sales. I mean, the, I mean. Their contracts dictating, you know, they them playing the game. They get paid to pay, get paid to play the, the game. Yes, the players, but the organization as a whole. Here's the thing: I'm going to save my superstar for when I make money. Okay, I can see it from the business side of that thing. Okay, I can see what you're saying there. And if we have five or six road games in a row, like the Spurs used to have to, we may play one or two of them, maybe. You make your point. You make good points. But but that being said, though, let's move on to the very next, next one on the list. Is. That's you, Raj. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, next on the I don't know a lot of my ear. Next on the list is 
old Dikembe Mutombo. No, no, no. This is such a weird picture, too, because this was definitely after his 76ers run. Yeah. Yeah. Shaq's on the Suns. The hell? Um, Get this old ass man off me. <laughs> okay, but Natimi, the Kimbe Matumbo got close, but like Barkley, was able to get the job done. In his prime, he was defensive force as he was named to several all defense teams and named a multiple time all star. Um, in his career, Matumbo made the finals twice once in 2001, alongside Allen Iverson and lost to the Lakers. And then in 2003, Matumbo made it as a member of the Nets, but lost to the Spurs in six games. Yeah, that was a fucking dominant Spurs team anyways. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah, I think a lot. I liked Dikembe Mutombo. Uh, I, I don't think he's on my Your top. favorite Rocket? Yeah, he's not on my top 10. <laughs> I don't even think he's in my top 10 all time. Um. But, I mean, during the era that he played in, he he was a defensive force until he told Michael Jordan that he was never going to dunk on him. And then, you know, Jordan just slaughtered him. Uh, right. But, I mean, for for the most part, I mean, he was a defensive, like, you weren't getting, you know, shots up on him. Uh, or whatnot, but other than that, most people just remember him from TV commercials. No, 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 not in my house. Ha ha ha! Yeah, I mean his career stats are pretty good though, man. Eight time All Star, you know, uh, second team All NBA, two time third team All NBA, four time NBA Defensive Player of the Year. Ooh. I mean that that puts him top ten all time defense. I mean. There are many people out there who say that Dikembe is a top five defensive player of all time. Um, three times NBA all first team defense, three times defense, second team defense, all rookie team, twice rebound leader, three times block leader as well. Uh, his jersey's retired with the Hawks and the Nuggets. Um, he only averaged Wait, nine. What? The Hawks and the Nuggets? Yeah. Number 55 retired by the Atlanta Hawks and the Denver Nuggets. Because he Did played he ever... with the Nuggets. Yeah, he was with the Hawks from 96 to 2001. He was with the Nuggets no. from 91 to 96, and then he was with the uh, Hawks from... Uh... I, I, I knew he played with the Hawks. I just I don't remember him playing with the Nuggets. I remember Nuggets. the Nuggets, yeah. He started his career with the Nuggets. He was drafted fourth overall in 1991. I really don't remember that. Yeah, there's a there's literally a picture of him in them ugly-ass rainbow jerseys. Those are just... Best nugget jerseys ever. I, I like the powder blue and yellow, uh, yellow ones a little bit more. The mellows. The mellows. I like the mellow jerseys, yeah. Uh, they ain't the worst looking NBA jersey, but, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know if I tuned it out or whatnot. I do not remember him playing with the nuggets. Yeah. Wow. Learn something new every day. Only on Movement Radio. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he's also in, and he's also part of the uh, Basketball Hall of Fame as well. Nine point eight points for nine point eight uh, average for his career. Ten point three rebounds for a career and two point eight blocks per career. Uh, so 
but yeah, so he he's definitely up there as far as defensively. He was one of the best defensive players wise. Um, I remember I'm, I'm reading this one thing. It says uh, Mutombo began establishing establishing himself as one of the league's best defensive players, regularly putting up big rebound and block numbers. In 1993-1994 season, saw Denver continue to improve with Mutombo as their franchise cornerstone. During this season, Mutombo averaged 12 points a game, 11 rebounds, and 4 blocks per game. With that, he helped the Nuggets finish with a 42-40 and record and uh, quality, excuse me, qualified for the 8th seed in the playoffs where they were matched up with the top-seeded 63-19 and Seattle Supersonics in the first round. Unfortunately, they did lose in five games. So, yeah, but but that it was good enough for him to be considered defensive player of the year uh, for nineteen ninety five. I'm sorry, nineteen ninety. Yeah, it was ninety five. Okay, I'm sorry. They it put basically he got put on the radar then because he won it ninety five, ninety seven, ninety eight, and even won it in two thousand and one. That's when Shaq was kind of kind of still in his dominance, you know. So for you to win a defensive player award, which I think Shaq in 2001, did Shaq win the MVP in 2001? Or was am I thinking of a different? He should have won in 2001. Yeah, he did. Yeah, it was Because he also won the finals MVP that year. Yeah, he won finals MVP in 2001. Uh, okay, that's that's the finals MVP. Uh, let's scroll down here real quick. Uh, no, no, 2001 was Allen Iverson. Oh, yeah, because that's the year he went to the championship. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, and Dikembe Mutombo yeah, that same year won Defensive Player of the Year. Hey, guess who Rookie of the Year was? In 2001? Mike uh, Miller. What team? The fucking Dansbury Trashers? No, the Orlando <laughs> Magic. <laughs> He's being a dick. Ignore him. <laughs> but... There must have not been any rookies that year. 2001? Uh, what's the, okay. All right. Mike Miller, Kenyon Martin, Mark Jackson, Miles, uh, Darius Miles, uh, Chris Nim, Desmond Mason, Heydu Turkaloo. He do. He do. Hey do. He also whatever. played for the Magic at that time. No, uh, at the time he was uh, playing with the Sacramento Kings. He should he was have backed, traded. He was backed up. No, no. At the time, he uh, was playing with, uh, what was it, 2001? Uh, yeah. He was playing with the Sacramento Kings. He was, uh, he backed up Peja Stoyakovich. <laughs> what? Old Stoyakovich. <laughs> Old ass Stoyakovich. Old ass Stoyakovich, yep. But anyway, that being said, if we're done talking about Dikembe Mutombo, let's move on to who the sports redeems the number one greatest NBA player to never win a championship. Go ahead, Chip. Yep. And Greg number one on, no, number one on the what list the is El, Elgin Baylor. Uh, Elgin Baylor made the NBA Finals more than most players as he made it to the championship on eight separate occasions. Incredibly, despite his incredible ability, he lost every single time. Baylor was named to the All-Star Game on 11 occasions and is in the Hall of Fame. Sadly, his prime came in the middle of the Bill Russell Boston Celtics era of domination, so he just couldn't get that ring. 
Uh, nope. Now, Roger, yeah, I mean, you're a Celtics fan, how do you feel about that? I mean, this is the nation of domination. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we won 11, 11 titles in 13 years. So, yeah. yeah, they only played eight games a year, though. <laughs> and what was it like? Like, there was like, what, 10 teams back in, the, back, I mean, in it, back in that day? Doesn't matter. I mean, he's still got 11 rings, but. I mean, he, he also caught Wilt Chamberlain from winning titles, so. That's true. Well, Will, well, Will got one, didn't he? No, not when, not when he was playing. Not while he was playing. No, but he still got one. Not when Will Chamberlain. Not when Bill Russell played. Nope. No, he did not. He did not. He let me legit kept people from winning titles eleven years. <laughs> right. Why is he never in the goat conversation with people? Because the same excuses you guys gave. He played when there was eight people. He played yes. when black and white. He played when the shorts went up the assholes. <laughs> I've never said anything about no shorts. <laughs> I mean, right. they did have some short ass shorts. Back they did have some short ass shorts. Yes, balls um, be but... hanging out the left side and everything. <laughs> Dick on the right, balls on the left. Yeah. Yep. One sneeze surprises out. Um, but moving on, yes. that's what they were called the knickerbockers. There you go. Um, but getting back to Elgin Baylor, um, again, man, eleven time All Star, uh, one time. Uh, I don't know what team he played for. The Bucks. He was with the Minneapolis slash Los Angeles Lakers. From oh, the Lakers, yeah. From 58 to 72. Yeah, uh, so, so the Celtics have always dominated the Lakers, even back then. Right. Um, but, yeah, 11-time All-Star, All-Star game MVP in 59, 10-time in, uh, NBA All-NBA uh, all first team, Rookie of the Year in 59, a part of the 35th, the 50th, and the 75th anniversary team. Uh, he, was, he's also, he was also a Final Four Most Outstanding Player, um in back in 1958 uh he was also nba executive of the year in the year 2006 uh i can't remember what he uh i think it was no, that would was be it? pat riley yeah pat riley was that yeah who, who, was, who was the executive of the year for uh executive of the year was for the los angeles clippers in what year? Uh, 1996? No, executive of the year 2005-2006. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I read that wrong. I was reading the wrong number. I'm sorry. Uh, it was 2006. I'm sorry. 2005-2006. Yep, 2005-2006. LA Clippers. Yep. Elgin Baylor. Uh, they finished with a 47-35, finished second in the Pacific. Uh, Mike Dunleavy was their coach. That's probably why they fucking actually won games. Uh, and they had Sam Cassell, Elton Brand, uh, Birdman before he's Birdman, Sean Livingston before he blew his leg off, uh, yep. Corey Spaghetti before he went to Detroit. Vladimir, you say Corey Spaghetti? You heard what I said, Corey Spaghetti. No. Okay. Vladimir Radomovich, uh, his fourth year in? Yeah, his fourth year in. Uh, Quentin Ross and Chris Wilcox. So they were a... A boo-boo team that worked together. Yeah. Pretty much. I don't even know half the fucking people on this team. Vladimir Vladimirovich. Yeah, Radomanovich. Radomanovich. Yeah. But anyway, so, yeah, man, uh, 
any uh any final thoughts on uh Elgin Baylor before we uh call it a night tonight? Uh I mean he just had the the misfortune of playing during the Bill Russell era. Right. Well, now that we've gotten over this, are there any other NBA players who you would consider all-time greats that have never won a championship? Is there is there one that comes to your mind? Well, there's a bunch. Um, Cause I mean, just a Jordan era alone. Uh, yeah. We named a lot of them. Um, well, there Carmelo was... Anthony. Yeah. Yeah, Carmelo Anthony ever won a title. I mean, we said Jalen Stockton. You might as well throw Carl Malone in there too at the same time. Did anyone win with the Lakers? No, he was a part of the team. Uh, he was part of that. It was him, Steve Nash. Shaq and Kobe, it was the year that uh, the Pistons uh, beat them in 2004. Oh, yeah, 2003, 2004. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to think about who else. Gary Payton. Gary Payton, yep. Him and yeah. Sean Kemp both. Yeah. Um, let me see Ice, who else. Iceman, George Gervin, he never won. Uh, then there was... Dominique. Dominique, Dominique Wilkins. Wilkins. Yep, he never won one either. Um, Chris Weber. Yeah, Chris Weber, yep. Yeah, Chris Weber never won one. Derrick Rose. Yeah, d- definitely. Which injuries kind of had a lot to do with that, though. The greatest what if story in uh, in NBA history. Uh, yeah, that that yeah, I will agree with that absolutely. The youngest MVP, one of the greatest point guards to play, very elusive, strong, and then one game against the Knicks, he blew his leg out. Mm. Um. What about modern day? Like, who are some of the best players today that's that don't have a ring yet? Damian Lillard, Dang, Chris Paul, yeah. Joke. Uh, I mean, Joke is just really getting through his peak of his career. So yeah, he'll he'll get. You think he'll get? You think they'll get there this year? They might do it this year. If uh, if Luca and Kyrie don't get it together, then the the Nuggets may win it all. Even though I think the 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 Celtics should be the one we should be worried about, but Djokovic is playing too fucking amazing right now. From everything that I've been told from a lot of people, um, is that I've seen some people have it Denver and Boston in the uh, finals. It should be, but it may be. uh, It actually probably is going to end up being Bucks instead of the Celtics. Uh, Well. I'm looking at the current what about, standings right now. Go ahead. What about Green Hill? Ooh, yeah, Green Hill's another good one that never won a championship. Uh, I don't know about great though. He was a good player. I don't know about great player. Would you say he's a top twenty? What he was he a top twenty? Is he a top twenty player from his era? No. Did he play the Jordan era? He played from '95 to '05. Yeah, so the second part of Jordan's era. Yeah, so he's the second seven... part of Jordan's era, and then the beginning then of LeBron's Jordan. era. <laughs> yeah, he was right there uh, in that Kobe. So he played pretty much Kobe's era, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. He's mm. seven-time All-Star, NBA All-First Team, 
four-time NBA All uh, Second Team, NBA uh, Rookie of the Year in '95, All Rookie First Team in '95, um, two NCAA championships, three NBA Sportsmanship Awards. The fuck is that? Some bullshit they award to give each other. It's like it's like the Walter it's like the Walter Payton Man of the Year award for the NBA. Okay, yeah, he averaged uh sixteen point seven points per game, six rebounds, and four point one assists per game for his career. Yeah, it's good to go back and you know, kind of reminisce a little bit about the the players. You know, thinking, damn, like, okay, if you could pick one. Last question, and then I'll leave it alone. If you could have picked one of these players, just one of these players, to have won a championship, who, which one would you have wanted wanted to see win it the most? Damian Lillard. No, I'm talking about of the of the of the list that we have in front of us. Oh, Allen Iverson. Yeah, probably. That, AI. that was, that, that, that was going to be mine. Either AI or Tracy McGrady, one of the two. Um. But yes, that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. We hope that you guys enjoy it. If we've forgotten some NBA player who you think is great but never won a championship, let us know on all of our on all of our social media uh, platforms. Let us know, and uh, you know, look forward to hearing from you. We thank you guys for tuning in tonight. Anything you guys want to say before we bounce out of here this evening? As always, check out MovementRadio.us. That is your one-stop shop for all things Movement Radio. And what's going on, Raj? Anything? I already told him. Go subscribe. Or Nutsex Lord to sink. Yeah. Actually, Nutsex on their pillowcase so they can smell my nuts. Shoo. And I'll do it right after I go to the gym and I won't shower for about 30 minutes. So just let it fester and sweat there, you know. Shout out to all of our sponsors. Um, the OGGearAnime.com, Zoo Lily, Canva, uh, Elementor, Get Response, Just Cash Clothing, Entertainment Earth, W.GG, and Audible. Uh, shout out to all of our friends that's been down with us since day one. You know who you are. Thank you for your love and support. Thank you to everyone out there who's been, you know, checking out the YouTube channel, man. Um, you know, I think I seen it earlier today. I need to pull my Facebook back up here and look. Um, let me gotta go back up here and scroll through. Uh, we already hit seven seventy thousand views on all the videos that we have on our uh, on our YouTube channel. So again, thank you guys so much for that. Also, check out streamlabs.com forward slash movement radio forward slash merch for some awesome merch. We got Dragon Ball Z inspired merch, my hero academia inspired stuff, got the old school logo, got the new school logo, and we got a lot of cool ideas coming. Just make sure you keep checking out the uh, the merch store. Um got items coming in new and uh old all the time uh that being said yes thank you so much ladies and gentlemen for tuning in tonight we'll see you this upcoming monday with another edition of our normal uh monday content and then right back here next week with another edition of something about sports we'll catch you guys next time hit it with the outro please do not leave without leaving a like comment share and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform Make sure you follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Check out the YouTube channel. Subscribe. Click that bell to get notified of our latest videos. Streamlabs.com forward slash movement radio forward slash merch. Go cop some merch and movementradio.us. Your one-stop shop for all things movement radio. I am Chip Hazard. I'm Talon Williams. I'm here. And this is Movement Radio.
God's plan.